0: to the Orient Outlook Podcast, sponsored by AJF Plastering, with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, Southdown Chum, the bearded legend, Daddy-O, the one and
1: only Mr. Paul Evey. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very, very special Orient Outlook Podcast, as we break from our usual podcast business to bring you a very, very special and exclusive interview with a player who some consider to be, and call, our greatest ever loan signing. A Division 1 winner, an FA Cup winner, a Cup winner's Cup winner, we are very, very pleased, proud and honoured to welcome to the podcast, Mr Kevin Campbell, everybody. Kevin, thank you very much and welcome.
2: Hi guys, you left off League Cup winner, but I'm not going to hold you to the fire.
1: Research researchers let us down. Our bad?
2: The, yeah, we won it. if you remember? We won the FA Cup and the League Cup in the same year. year did the double? Arsenal. Oh, yeah, right. playing Sheffield Wednesday in both 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 finals.
1: Thank you for pulling us up on that. So so early on in the interview, Brilliant. already good. Thank you, mate. So Ken, let's crack on with the interview.
0: So tell us about how your move to Leighton Orient came to be.
2: Well, uh, being at Arsenal, and uh, I, I've made my uh, first team debut, the last game of the season against Everton away, and then it was the summer, so all summer I trained hard, I was hungry, mm-hmm. I really wanted that that chance to play first team football, so I got back in pre-season and um, George Graham said to me, you know, I know you're going to have a good season, how would you think about going on loan? So I said, yeah, I'd be happy to go on loan. So he said, "Okay." He says, "When he comes to me, he's going to come with a good loan for me." So that motivated me even more in preseason. And and then he came. He came. He said, "Look, we want you to go. Uh, we don't want you to go too far. We want you to stay in London. And how would you like to go to Leighton Orient? And I new Orient, my brother lived in Walthamstow, um, so it was it was it was ideal for me, really." To um, to go to Leighton Orient, I knew of certain players at the club, but it was a no-brainer for me. I didn't even look at the league. I didn't even look at the league position <laughs> where Orient was or anything like that. I just said, "Yeah, I'm going." And uh, uh, what what a great decision that was! Because maybe if I looked at the league position, I might have fought twice. Yeah. But I didn't. I just thought, you know, I want to go there. I want to I want to cut my teeth. I want to get stuck in straight away and meet the lads. So I think it was the next day, um, went into training and well, that was an eye opener with um, some of the characters that was there, you know, like the Keith Day and Johnston, um Stevie Baker, great absolutely great guys, Alan Comfort and and those got those guys, Terry Howard. It was it was superb. And I had good good young nucleus as well. Um, Paul Hield, uh, Stevie Castle, Lee Harvey—you um, know it was—it was really, really a good time to join. And you know, obviously Frank Clark, who you know became quite a prominent manager in my career uh, over the, over the period. Um, he was manager, and um, the coach Brian Eastick—he was there as well. So, you know, it was a it was a good family club. A lot of lads with good experience, some good quality, some good speed in the team and we had a, a, a magic man with a bit of magic in Alan Comfort I think on the, on the wing
1: so I think from our perspective um, had you have looked at the league and not come then things would obviously, obviously have been very very different but I spoke to Terry Howard earlier today and he said when you look at the lineup with yourself Lee Harvey Alan Comfort um, and I think Mark Cooper joined on loan or joined us sorry a little bit later on and scored yeah. some goals as well that wasn't a division for lower end attacking side
2: no, it wasn't, and uh, you know when I it's, it's weird when I joined. I was looking at the lads in training. Davy Corner was there as well, wasn't he? Davy Corner was there. You know when I when I joined and I saw training, I was like, these guys are down the bottom This must be some league, you know. <laughs> it must be some league, but I, I, I don't know. Um, I was a young lad coming from Arsenal. I've been taught m- most of what I know through Pat Rice over the years, and it didn't make me afraid to go and speak to the co- speak to the coach. And I remember we we're doing we were doing our, 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 our running on a Tuesday, and we finished, and I, I got talking to Brian Eastick after. So I just said I just made a comment to him about you know trying to engage fullbacks. We want, we want to play in behind because we want to use our speed, but if we don't move the fullback out the hole, then we're just playing onto them. And so we've got to push our wingers a bit higher, so when they come to feet, it moves up the fullback if they don't come. So I just said that to him, and in training, I think it was in training on the Thursday, we started working on it, and then on the Saturday... It it started to come to fruition, and we started to to play better, we started to win games. And I'm not saying it was just that comment, because we had the talent. But, you know, we we wanted to hit teams on the break, we wanted to hit teams that use our speed. And it it just was something of beauty, a thing of beauty. After a while, once you gain a little bit of momentum and you start winning and beating teams and stuff you know we, we went up from champs to that season and it was uh, it was such a pity it was only I could only go on for three months you know that was when loans could only be for three months I was there three months um, but I had such a fantastic time and I was there for the playoff final against Wrexham and uh, I was there with the directors and stuff like that and I was you know that was the first Real men's football success that I was involved in, and it was it was sensational. Seeing all the Europe fans go crazy, and you know Mark Cooper done such a fantastic job after joining. Um, it was it was brilliant, and I still still feel buzzing now. To be honest, about <laughs> it.
1: What do you remember about your debut? I think it was Crew away.
2: Yeah, I, actually, it wasn't. The, one of their centre backs Peter Billin, he, he reminds me of that I was, I was just I was raw you know it was my, my first game I, I suppose I'd done okay but it wasn't I knew I could do better um, but I think we end up losing the game was it 2-1 I think yeah, or, yeah,
0: but you, or something like that you scored the goal though you, you scored yeah. on your debut
2: yeah and you know it's, it's weird I scored but I knew we could do better I knew I could do better and looking at Crew, weren't Crew weren't a bad side in that division. But the quality we had and the players, I, I knew we could do a lot better. So, you know, I didn't even really, I wasn't even really thinking about my goal. I'll be honest with you, I was just thinking, we're better than these teams. We're better than this team especially. But I suppose we had to have that mentality of, you know, we, we could get better. And we should be beating a lot of these teams. So, um, it's maybe it's a bit of an elitist fort pattern but I was coming from Arsenal I didn't I, I hated losing so you know that was just
0: my way fantastic fantastic so we lost in your first game 2-1 away to crew but you followed it up in your home debut against Rotherham do you remember the match do you remember the score for this one
2: uh, the Rotherham game um I, I, was, I'll be honest with you I can't even remember the score <laughs> I
1: can't even remember the score let, let us help you out there we, we won 3-1 having been yeah. 1-0 down at half time and you got two goals right right
2: well I remember I remember half time I was coming in at half time and I don't think we played that that well first off um but we, we all we all got together. Oh, just John had plenty to say, as you could imagine. He was always, <laughs> but he was always a leader. You know, he was always a leader. And Keith Day and we were saying, you know, we're better than this team. Let's play our game. Let's stick to what we do. And it, it again, a lot of it is it's belief. Mm-hmm. You know, it's belief. You got to believe in what you're doing. And we got that belief in the second half. And. We you know we ran out worthy three-one winners, and uh, we played
0: some very good football in the second half. Who scored the other goal? No idea. Good question.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it might have been Alan Comfort or somebody scored the other goal. But you know, we 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 started to believe, and that was that's really important for a team who were wallowing down down the table um, and to pick points up. It was it really important.
0: And as a young striker, you scored three in your first two games, so you must have been, felt vindicated to be part of that team and it must have made it a lot easier for you to settle into that team scoring so early in your Orient career. Yeah, I think, I think what
2: made what was, the, what was the welcome I got from Arsenal was John and Keith Day. I remember in training, they, I was playing against them in training and these guys were, were physical guys and I could hold my own. Hmm. and the tackles were flying in I, You know, I took the tackles and I wouldn't moan and stuff like that and we had a right ding dong in training the, the, the three of us but I think that broke the ice with, with, the, with the, those guys those experienced players and that, that's what put me in good stead for the first team because very quickly they realised this ain't just your normal 18 year old kid who's coming and who, who's going to get bullied He's probably going to be the one who's going to look to bully in the centre half yeah. at eighteen. So you know, there there was a focal point to the team, and you know we utilised that to the, to the best of our ability. We started moving Lee Harvey from the from the wide up to striker to, to complement me because I, so I could was good in the I could flick balls on and hold the ball up, etc. etc. And Lee could do that as well, and that's so I could stretch the pitch. And when you got two guys who got speed and power, who can stretch the pitch. It, it,
1: it made us very dangerous. And I think also, you know, John Sitton is a no nonsense, was a no nonsense kind of player. So I guess it's, yeah. it's endearing that if you're taking it and you're not just some sort of young upstart, if you like, that thinks he's better than he is. Um, and, and sort of the arrogance, I guess, is where, where I'm getting at. It probably endeared you to everybody.
2: Well, if, if if I was arrogant, I wouldn't have laughed, I could tell you that yeah. much, mm. not in that dressing room, not especially with Sitts. Um, uh, and, and to be honest, Sitz and I became pretty, 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 pretty tight in a sense. I mean, he was an experienced player, but you know that the respect was there. I know Johnson kept where Johnson started and came through and stuff like that, and his background, Keith Day as well. You know, these guys were experienced, knew football inside out. So to be able to go there, hold my own, stay humble. Keep my feet firmly on the ground and, and, and be a good teammate. I think was really important to to me settling in at the, the football club. To be honest,
0: and every week the results kept following. We kept getting better and better, and your arrival seemed to be the spark that we needed, and we started climbing. But why why do you think you why do you think you fitted in so well to that team? Do you think it's just a case of get you were the right player at the right time for that team? Yeah,
2: I, I think a little bit of that. And, uh, you know, everyone else has to take some credit as well because, you know, there's a new player coming from from Arsenal who's, who's young, who's, who's raw, who, who needs minutes under his belt. But that just goes to show that the quality that was in the team and the, and the squad, that they could help play to my strengths as well. I think that's so important, you know, the the team played to my strengths. And uh, it's quickly w- we realised... We've got so much strengths to, to, to play to that the opposition can't handle it. So, you know, when you got speed, power and guile and, and skill like Alan Comfort had, you know, if, we, if the, we couldn't bruise you or we couldn't outpace you, Alan Comfort would outskill you. And that's what we tended to do. And with with Stevie Castle in midfield, we, know, we, know, we knew we had someone who, who could go into the trenches, couldn't he? He was, uh,
1: he was that good. Battler. yeah, absolutely. And he'd been injured for a period as well, so he... His... Comeback was around a similar time to when you joined as well. So that's right. I guess it must have been like two brand new signings for the team. Exactly. You know, it was,
2: um, it was, it was well, the team welcomed Stevie Castle back because having that warrior, especially the old second division, you know, you needed someone in there who could put their foot in, who could run a game, who, who was tough. and Stevie was just that type, left footer, who knew where the goal was as well, by the way. Which is mm, fantastic, yeah. and, you know. Again, we seem to, my addition, uh, seemed to blend and complement everything. Right? It was just, it was just
0: a perfect mix for for, for us at Wembley. Were you surprised by the impact you were having? I know, you, obviously, a striker never doubts himself, but were you thinking, I'm actually making a lot better progress here than I thought I would, and my goal return is is phenomenal.
1: Well, I, I was, I'll
2: was i be honest with you I wasn't, I wasn't even thinking about my goal return I was just thinking about winning games Because I wanted to win You know, I'm a winner I wanted to win I wanted to get in the dress room And yeah, yeah, the, the lads have got such a good spirit They've got good spirit And they're down, they're down uh, near the bottom What's it going to be like when we start winning games? Mm-hmm. And, you know, with, with the staff The physio was a right character Bill Songhurst, he was a fantastic guy as well so, you know, we, we had all the elements of uh, a, a successful squad, but we just hadn't got the results yet. So that was the last part, the results. So we got that. And it was a wonderful place to, to grow up in. I grew up from a boy to a man very quickly at Leighton Orient. And, you know, I, I'm forever grateful for Leighton Orient to, for taking me in and, and making me feel so welcome. And the fans, let me just tell you, the fans were superb. And I know... There's a lot of Leighton Orient fans. There was West Ham who used to come down. Arsenal yeah. used to come down, etc. It was it was a it was a tremendous time for Leighton Orient. I thoroughly really enjoyed every second of it. I really did.
1: Amazing. Well, in terms of the step up back in the day was was there a much of a change from reserve team football that you were playing to playing in the first team of a sort of Division Four club?
2: I'd say so, yeah, I'd say so, I'd say so for sure, although in the combination you know, you could play against you know, lo- loads of first team players at the time but it's 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 that men's football that counted, you know it's, the, the the squad is all men and you're playing against experience, you know playing against Keith Dan and John Sitton in training every day and I think that's what Frank Clark wanted to do he wanted to play me against them so I learned quicker And they used to give me pointers of what to do and stuff, which was fantastic, just like what the Arsenal defence used to do when when I played against them in training. So it was was a fantastic learning curve for me. It really was. And, you know, it was, as I say, it was such a timely signing for myself and the football club that we just gelled and we clicked.
0: And what was it like to work for Frank Clark? Because obviously you mentioned Frank at the beginning. How supportive was Frank and how did he help develop your game?
2: yeah Frank obviously Frank's come from the Brian Clough tree doesn't he you know he he, um, he knows how to to, to to develop young players and it was it was wonderful playing for Frank because you know he, he kind of let us get on with it he let the senior players um, police the dressing room and police the squad and he knew he had some some really good characters in John Sitton and Keith Day Steve Baker uh, and, and the like so you know it was he, he was a he was a lovely man to, to play for. He was a genuine man. He was an honest man. And he was someone who, you know, he was uh, he became very dear to me to be honest, Frank, because, you know, he, he really made me grow up into professional football.
1: So you left us after we beat Halifax 2-0 on the fourth of April, which took us up to sixth sixth spot, which was one of the That's playoff right. spots. In That's your right. sixteen games that you played, you scored nine. We won nine of those sixteen uh, games as well. I um, guess. I guess in, in modern-day football,
0: your loan these days, we just would have extended your loan, and then you would have played in the playoffs. I'm guessing.
2: Yeah, I would have been. I would have been there for the for the season normally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, in my mind, I would have been going for automatic. I could tell you that much. Um, you know, because when I left, and obviously uh, Mark Cooper came to the club, mm. he'd done a fantastic job as well. You know, picking up where I left off. But the squad, but the squad was set. You know, Mark Cooper came in, scored, scored some really important goals, and obviously the most important was the the, the goal against Wrexham. But you know, it was um, the squad was set. The the die was cast in how the team played, and. Somebody like Mark Cooper coming in, you know, could only thrive really in that environment because the good players were were playing very well.
1: So we got into the playoffs. Obviously, as we've already ascertained, you didn't play in them. But I guess based on what you've just said, your 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 viewpoint is that our chances of actually getting promotion in the playoffs was actually pretty strong. As you just said, you know, the die was cast. We knew what we were doing. Mark Cooper was scoring goals, taking over. You know, uh, from from you. So I'm assuming you thought our chance of promotion would be pretty strong. Yeah, but it's, it's, I mean, I, I, obviously, I was
2: biased hmm. at the time, but I knew what we had in that dressing room. I knew what the mentality was in that dressing room, and I knew the toughness and character that was in the dressing room. So I was just thinking to myself, if the if the lads could just keep keep it going. They fear, they should fear nobody mm. in that division. They can beat anyone in that division and anyone in the playoffs. And over two legs, I fancy Orient strongly over two legs. That's what I kept telling myself. And I was obviously I didn't go to the the, the, the first playoff games etc. But I went to the to the the final game at um, Brisbane Road and. As a fan, I was there as a fan, and you know, I was, I was overjoyed when the lads won and, and, and got promoted. It really was uh, a successful season. The lads put in a lot of hard work and they got rewarded for it, which was brilliant absolutely
0: brilliant. I was so pleased for everyone connected with Leighton Orient. So, obviously, your loan spell ends, the season ends, we get promoted. Now that Orient became a league. What well, a Division Three club, been promoted out of Division Four. Was there ever the possibility of you joining the club permanently?
2: No, I, I, I hear a lot of um, talk about you know, Orion put a bid in or whatever, but I don't think that was the case because you know, I think George Graham was grooming me for to get into the first team at Arsenal, and that was always the case. Um, and I, I'm not sure of what Orion's finances were at the time, but. I don't think that was ever going to happen. Um, maybe another loan might have um, transpired, but I knew, I know Arsenal wanted me to, after I'd done that late in the second division, I, I knew that there was teams at higher division who wanted me and I ended up going to Leicester, um, who, were, who were equivalent to the Championship League two at the time, um, I ended up going there and having a pretty successful spell as well because I was, I was just so hungry. So, yeah, I don't think ever a permanent deal was, was ever on the
0: table. Not that I know of, anyway. OK. So, did, did your loans bill give you the confidence then to really kick-start your career at Arsenal? Did you come back, kind of, did you leave Highbury a boy and then return a man after those three months?
2: Without a shadow of a doubt.
0: Without a shadow of a doubt.
2: And, and, and playing, playing reserve team football wasn't what, where I was. I was. I was above that. And that, that ain't being big-headed or anything like that. But I just, I just played three months in at, at Leighton Orient and been successful there with a successful side, moving up the moving up the table, and then going and playing in the combination. Now that that <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't sit well. So, you know, we had a plan. We spoke spoke to the manager, spoke to Stuart Houston who uh, was reserve manager and we set the plan the plan was to you know, start the season well and get out on loan again and that's what I've done and uh,
0: the loan was to Leicester It sounds like that was a great success so let's fast forward then because this is, is an Orient podcast and we could talk to you all night about the different clubs in your career but I'm sure you're a very busy man so your career excels at Arsenal you stay at the club until 1995 you scored 46 goals and you played quite a vital role in winning, like you said, winning Division 1, which is obviously now the Premier League. Yeah. We've got you down as winning two FA Cups.
2: No, one FA Cup. One FA, one FA, Cup. FA Cup, one League Cup. Cup.
0: And the Cup Winners' Cup. Yeah. Scoring in the semi-final. Yeah. Which is incredible. Then you, you get reunited with Frank Clark at Nottingham Forest. That's right. Yeah, he brought you back. You must have impressed him in your loan spell. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I, I liked
2: him as a manager, and he liked me as a player, so I think they just sold Stan Collymore to Liverpool, Nottingham Forest, uh, for a lot of money, yeah. and they came in and got me, so it was a, a life for like swap, so he knew what type of player I was, and then he brought me in, which was good. I enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, 32 goals in your Nottingham Forest career, included a relegation, but then you came straight back up the season after and won the Championship. That's right. Yeah. Then move to Turkey.
2: Well, this is the interesting part because we we got promotion back up, playing with Van Eyden, me and Pierre Van Eyden. Um, we had such a great partnership. We, we, I think we were the highest goal scorer partner tandem, striking tandem in Europe at that time, and. You know, we were really looking forward to getting back. We were Premier League ready. Most of all of our players had played in the Premier League. So, you know, for for us, it was a little bit like unfinished business. So we wanted to get back up and really shine, you know, as the team that we were. And um, the team, Dave Bassett was manager, and the team team accepted a bid uh, from a Turkish team. So I was told in no uncertain terms by, by the chairman that, That accepted the bid, and it was in my best interest to 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 look at it. So, you know, I did. (laughs) So I did look at it, and it was it was a challenge. Do you know to be thinking of of going abroad? But I was I'm so pleased I did because it actually that move really improved me as a player and made me realise there was other bits to football that you know that I never saw in in England. So. It was a it was a really important loan for me. Um, Sorry, it was a really important transfer for me. Yeah. But what didn't even see the it didn't see the full season out because I came back to Everton after eight
1: months. So yeah, so so that was Trabzonspor in Turkey, and Trabzonspor, yeah. Yeah, and then you came back to England and joined Everton, and arguably, maybe single-handedly saved the club from relegation um, because they were having a bit of a tough time. Um, but we we came face to face again uh, with you in the FA Cup uh, at yes. Kingston Park in January two thousand and two. Yes. And you. And that were saying... that was. Sorry. Sorry. Go on. Go no, on. No, you go.
2: No, I'm just saying that was a uh, that was quite an emotional day for me, and you know? I'm and I'm not usually that emotional on football. Uh, I want to win. I'm a winner. I love to win. But you know. I hadn't really had a great chance to say goodbye to, to Leighton Orient and the fans and stuff like that. And, you know, I, that you gave me a trophy and a, a, a picture mm-hmm. um, that the, the fans did on the day, and it was pre- presented to me on, on, on the day. And I was, you know, I was forever grateful to, to Leighton Orient for what they'd done for me um, for, during my early fledgling part of my career. And, you know, it was such a nice gesture. Um, And I I felt, it was weird because I felt, you know, after the game, I I, I scored a couple of goals and and put you out. And And I felt, yeah, I felt,
0: you know, I felt, it was a weird feeling
2: because I had so much affection for the club. But, you know, I had to do my job kind of thing. And I had that guy Paul Gascoigne. He was quite instrumental on the day. He was rolling back the years. So yeah, you know, it was a it was it was a pretty emotional day for me. I must say. That yeah, was,
1: that was one of the highlights, wasn't it, for us? Like because we made the trip. Well, up yeah, we were it, there. Too. Yeah, yeah. I think I drove actually. You did drive, yeah. You drove um, and. uh and I think I got parking you, you did Because I mean, parked in the wrong road um, That's right. the right story But yeah no We remember Just Gazza gave us A footballing masterpiece Yeah I think we. I think Dean Smith Who's now Obviously the manager of Villa Scored a very early
0: own goal And that kind of Put you guys on the way And then Yeah And then It was 2-0 to Everton And then we pulled a goal back Just before half time But like you said right. Gazza that day Ran Ran the show Ran us Ran racquet. the show
2: Yeah it, Like he could You know he He's one of them players Who could he could take. All, we, we we always hear, you know, midfield. You need to grab a game by the scruff of the neck. Well, he was the best at it, Gaza. He could grab a game by the scruff of the neck, and and just by his sheer skill and ability and will, he could he could get us over the line. And he did that day. He was, uh, I think, he set two goals up for me, to be honest. And, um, he, he he was a special talent. He really was, Gaza. Great, great guy.
0: And obviously, you spoke about the characters at Orion, but Paul Gitt- there's no bigger character. In, than
2: Gaza, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean Gaza is. Uh, it's, it's just sad to see him now at times because the vibrance he had in the dressing room, the way he was as a person, was absolutely superb. And you know, I, I, I obviously wish him well, but you know, he's he's the best player I've ever ever played with. He was unbelievable. And playing against him at, at when he was at Tottenham and stuff, he was he was ridiculously good. I swear to you, he was he was brilliant. So, you know, happy to call him a friend and happy to share some happy times with that guy because he's a live wire and you got to watch him all the time or else he'd be up to mischief.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sleep with one eye open on a way. Yeah, big time, time, big time. Yeah. Um, so we had a number of listener questions um, and. Um, Sharky Wars question's been answered George Nicholas underscore ones has been answered Joe Daniel's question's been answered but at Big Ads LOFC asks what's your favourite goal or moment?
2: At in my favourite moment do you know what my favourite moment was I wasn't even playing my favourite moment <laughs> was the it. final whistle yeah. where I beat in Wrexham and seeing the fan base and the players go absolutely mental because the team had just got promotion I remember the directors were, I was hugging one of the directors and and I was just so pleased. I think that was my that was my favourite um, moment at the club. I think my favorite my favourite goal was um, let me think, was it a, it was a way. It was a way i think i got a goal away from home and it, it, it proved to be the difference i think that was my favorite goal i can't remember who it was against but you know we we, we we won so many games at that time um they kind of all rolled into one for me but it was definitely an away goal because i like i like when the opposition fans are against us i like that i thrive off that and to be able to stick it to them I really enjoy that
0: more more than anything else. Up the (laughs) I love it. And the final, if I remember rightly, was the day Alan Comfort got married, so he had to be helicoptered out of the ground. But did you? I guess did you as a young man? Did you have a good good weekend that weekend and party the night away? Um, Yeah,
2: of course we did. Of course, well, I I certainly did. I had a good time. I always had a good time. Um, Listen, the the club was was amazing and. You know, I really, I can't stress enough how much I enjoyed my time at, at Leighton Orient, and you know, I, again, I'm forever grateful for being a part of that that championship-winning team. It was a, uh, it was fantastic. Got getting promoted.
1: Martin Strong asked us. I think you've pretty much answered the first part of this question. Um, is what what was it like playing with Alan Comfort? But I think the next part of the question was, do you think he could have played at a higher level? yeah
2: I, I think I think Alan Comfort could have played at a higher level um obviously he played at league I, I think the highest he went if I'm mistaken was um the, was league because it was Div, Div 4 Div 3 wasn't it yeah I think Div, Div 3 was the highest he went to um I I, I I think his age as well at the time he I reckon he could have played but he he would have needed somebody to to take a punt on him no. um to go to a higher level. Because, you know, luxury players at the time wasn't wasn't there the, wasn't the dumb thing. Um, but Alan could play and if he could play in, in those divisions where all the tackles and the boots were flying, he could he definitely could play higher, but he would have needed somebody to, to take a chance on it.
0: Were there any other players who you thought could have played at a higher level out of that team? Obviously you mentioned Paul Hilden, I think he went on to play for Wimbledon. Yes in the he Premier did. League.
2: Yeah. Uh, I thought of Lee Harvey. Lee Harvey could have played at a higher level as mm-hmm. well. Um, Stevie Castle did, yeah. didn't he? He yeah. moved on and mm-hmm. played yeah. at a higher level.
1: Yeah.
2: So yeah, there was a there was a few players who, who went on to, to do great. But again, with the experienced players that were there, a lot of the experienced players had played at the higher level and, and found themselves a, a down orient. So to, to, to stoke their fires and, 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 and turn up the furnace on them was really important to get the fires burning for, for, for the youngsters to be honest uh, and to guide us and uh, it was great it was great that they did guide us
0: yeah they certainly did so we got this isn't a question but it's more of a comment from Ben D. Bollard. he said I loved Kevin and O's shirt and I even drove up to Nottingham to see his home debut for Forest
2: yes yeah, so I believe um, yeah that was, well, it's something special. Again, that affection with the Orient fans, and uh, some in particular, was was special. I always seem to get letters from Orient fans thanking me for for spending some time at Orient, and, you know, I just used to write back and thank them back because it was, you know, it really was such an important grounding for me and and, and an important time in my career, fledgling career, to go somewhere that was like a family family club with with good fans and a fantastic pitch by the way. The pitch was mm. always
1: superb. Charlie the,
2: Yeah, he, he it kept the pitch one he won pitch of the year many times, didn't yes, he? You he know,
1: did. So, he, when they so, tried to poach him.
2: Yeah, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did because he was he was top of the tree, he was sorting that pitch out. So I was I was as much in love with the Orient fans as they were with me. So you know I really appreciated you know, them
1: making the trip up to not to see my debut, so that was lovely. Yeah. So we had another message from Vince Howard, who sits near us in the south stand. He says, um, "They say there's no I in team, but Kevin in an O shirt was an exception to that. Uh, we were fourth from bottom when Kevin joined. Nine goals in 16 games, whilst a good return was nothing compared to the confidence he bought. He bought in that all of a sudden went through the whole team." Back then you could only have a loanee for three months and once Kevin went back to Arsenal there was a concern that we would head back down the table but that confidence he bought continued and turned out to be one of the most remarkable turnarounds in a season there's been in my time of following the club and he's followed the club for quite a few years to be fair. Well Vince,
2: Vince, Vince to be honest, Vince is spot on. Uh, I I remember us having a... uh, We used to have a, uh, a team meeting and... I think it was a couple of games before I left. Um, we were talking about, you know, me having to go, and I said, I, 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 was pretty vocal, you know, when when required, and I just said, guys, you've you've got it, you've got this, you're good enough. I said, look, let's let's win a couple couple more games, and then you know you, you're good enough. So don't don't let it slip. Don't, definitely don't let it slip. And I said with. Those guys at the back, and you know the, the experience and quality that you got. There's no way you're gonna drop down the table or anything like that. And as proven correctly by by Vince, what Vince says, you know they they did. They kept it going, and uh, Mark Cooper came in and hit the ground running. And it was it was a joy. It really was a joy. So, and that was the if I'm not mistaken, that was the first
0: year the playoffs were in place. Ooh. Good yeah, I think yeah, it cool. was. Yeah.
2: I think it was. I think that was the first year the playoffs were in place, because I remember why was at the? I I went to the Orient game and uh, I was getting dropped off by one of the directors, and Palace were playing in the player final. Uh, we were listening to it on the radio, and uh, Palace got got promoted to the Premier League. So it was, mm. obviously I'm a South London boy, so
1: <laughs> it was brilliant for me <laughs> to, to listen to it. Yeah. So it's that the general theme seems to be, even in current day football, is that a lot of it is you know you need ability to play football, obviously, but I'd say probably a large percentage is mentality. How how you yeah. know how you know where your head is at at any given point, point. and if it's oh, not on, quite there, then it can affect the team, affect yourself.
2: One hundred percent, one hundred mentality is seventy percent of the game. Mm-hmm. It's just like mentality is your confidence. Now, having players in that dressing room and in the squad who had played at higher levels, so they knew what it what was needed, and maybe that little spark of maybe that naivety and a bit of innocence I came with, coming from Arsenal, and one and, and having that spark about me, it kind of it kind of again, as I say, lit the furnace underneath them, and they could show their their passion and their, their their mentality. And it just seemed to galvanise the whole squad. And, you know, we went from shrimp to shrimp. So definitely talent isn't enough. There's enough players with talent out there, but there ain't enough players with the right mentality. So mentality is 70%, you know, with confidence, I believe. That's
0: great, great, great answer. So obviously you've played in some of the biggest games, well, the biggest games in English, arguably world football, you've played in a North London derby, you've played in the Merseyside derby, obviously you've played at Brisbane Road, which uh, yep. is alongside that. What, yep. What's the most aggressive game you've ever played in? Is it one of those derbies or is there another M- game? Uh, Mer- 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 it's it's uh,
2: North London derby, oh, for sure. North London derby is, is brutal. And especially being an Arsenal fan, I'm an Arsenal fan from, from birth, and you know, there's so much riding on the North London derby. The the Merseyside derby is a, is a fantastic derby, and there's a lot at stake because you know a lot of families are split down the middle. Mums are a Liverpool fan and dads are blue, and it, you know some of the kids are blue and some of the kids are red, and uncles and aunts they all split. But I don't know. I I don't know many who um, are split in um, North London have your asked all your spurs and, and that yeah. brings a, a, an added pressure right. to it so th- those are the most um, difficult and, and brutal games for sure
1: Is it true that Pierre van Hooydonk went on strike at Forest because you left?
2: Yes it is and yeah I've got to hold my hand up again <laughs> it's, yeah, it is. well, well it's the circumstance of me because like I said uh, earlier on in the pod the club accepted the bid, and it was a matter of I. I was told, you know, it's uh, yeah, I should I should look at it. So it was either that, or it would would be another move. And I just thought, you know, why not go and have a look, see see what see what I'm dealing with. You know, it, it, it's 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 abroad. It's the, it might not be the Italy or France or Spain, but you know, I'm going to go and have a look. And I went and had a look at the facilities, etc. It it honestly it put England to shame it really did I was well surprised and um, that season after that season I remember coming back to Everton I'm telling them look you." I think it was the World Cup that summer and I'm saying to to lads watch out for Turkey I'm telling you watch out for Turkey and they're kind of laughing at me oh Turkey 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 finished third in the world Yeah, the only team to beat them was Brazil wow. the only team to beat them was Brazil so V- very, very strong league. Very good players. Very technical and very committed. It was. It was a great. To, it was great to be over there. Great to learn. And uh, it's great. One of my one of my teammates is now the manager. And D- Daniel Sturridge has just gone there. So yes, yes, he yeah,
0: so it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow, Daniel Sturridge is there, there now. Summer. Yeah, yeah. So Van Huydonck was upset that you left, and that's why he went on strike, basically. Yeah,
2: I remember getting the call. I was uh, I was at Heathrow Airport waiting to waiting for the flight, and my phone went, and he said to me, uh, "He was uh, he was on an extended break because he'd been playing for Holland in the summer, um, so he wasn't back at pre season. So he just got on and said, you know, Kev, is it true?' I said is what true." He said, is it true that they're selling you? So I said, yeah, I've been told that, you know, I need to go and consider. He said, right. He said, well, I'm not going back. I said, I laughed. I said, good one, Pierre, come on, you know, (laughs) you'll go back. He says, I'm telling you, I won't go back. I'll go strike. I won't go back. And I just thought, thought, yeah, Pierre, you're just saying that. So I get to Turkey, get signed, stay over there. And the only thing I could watch, on TV that spoke English was Eurosport and it came up, a, a news flash came up on Eurosport that pivot Van got on strike. I couldn't <laughs> believe I was seeing. So was up there, I rigged him up and he's, I said, Peter, are you for, for real? He said, yeah. He says, no, I'm not going back. He said, I can't believe they split us up and, you know, what kind of what kind of club is this to, to, to split us up and, you know, it's, it's not right and he was a he was pretty much a principles man and he held out till the, was it the, Christmas time or something he came back so it was a strange time so I get the blame you know I didn't even do nothing I get the blame for, for Peter
1: going on strike um, outside of football you're quite into music your music we understand you set up a label called too wicked
2: yeah that was a that was a many moons ago
1: now yeah um, and you signed a certain Mark Morrison
2: yes I signed a Mark Morrison who was a, a, a unbelievably talented uh, recording artist and artist, and um we had a we had a we had a we had a few artists on that label etc but the music industry is quite brutal they want they don't want a footballer coming in and telling and showing them what to do so it didn't quite work out how i wanted it to work out but i never regretted doing it I could, honestly because mark morrison's album was called just a man um uh, and it's, it was it was incredible, incredible album. And um, unfortunately, the music uh, industry shut their doors on him a little bit and it, it didn't come out, but he, he's, he's incredibly talented.
1: Interesting. Very
0: interesting. So you may have hung up your boots, but the Campbell gene is still well and truly in football, we understand.
2: Yeah, it is. I've, I've got two boys. One's that... Um, it's, it's crazy. My two boys, they've... they've had totally different paths in football. Tyrese, my eldest lad who's 19, who's at Stoke, he came through the academy at Manchester City, left there at 16 after being offered a contract, and he went to Stoke to get um, to have a pathway to the first team. And the youngest lad is Kyle. He was at Man City, and then he... he, he, he he couldn't stand standing on cones you know the, the monotony of it he couldn't take that so I said son if you don't like it don't do it so he didn't do that he went and played with his mates you know done the, done, the, done the good thing playing with friends and on Sunday football and stuff like that and now and then he gets to 15 15 and a half and he wants to get back into it so I said look son you're playing catch up you know it's not going to be easy so now he's he's in the uh, program at a club called Buxton so you know he's in, he's in the program there so they, they're living different lives but they're still living their dreams
1: yeah
2: and um, you know I'm, I'm just football dad now like <laughs> I, I go watch the game just like any other dad you know get freezing cold and you know have a, a, have a tea or coffee or whatever and uh, you know got got a wrap-up wall
1: <laughs> Wow fair play fair play everyone's got to start somewhere um, they love it yeah yeah uh, a couple of messages from some old teammates, Kevin Hales says, I think we were all gutted that he had to go back, but I'm not sure if he was there at the final, obviously we've ascertained that you were, and of course Halsey provided Kevin with all the goals, did he appreciate the service?
2: <laughs> of course Halsey. of course I did, of course I did, and, and, and see, they wouldn't know, the team wouldn't know I was there because they said to me do you want to go down in the dressing room and I said no 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 I don't want to go down in this dressing room I want them to concentrate on what they're doing I don't want to be a distraction so I want to I want to watch the game as a fan and and see them do the business and luckily and uh, I'm so pleased that they did but that's nice of Kevin Nels he was good, was a quality player
0: yeah he's um he's currently in Turkey so he sent us that message all the way from Turkey so thank well, you very fantastic. much thank you very much to fantastic. Kevin fantastic all... cheers Kevin we also had a message from your old partner in crime Terry Howard ooh Terry oh, nice Howard one. ooh Terry Howard <laughs> <laughs> so Terry says ask Kevin what he remembers of a certain Sunday sport model we met up with at Hollywood's in Romford I mean everyone's been to Hollywood's on a Tuesday night after we'd beaten Darlington 4-3 at Brisbane Road Terry goes on to say I couldn't tell you what she looked like as I never got as far as looking at her face but in a series, <laughs> oh oh yeah look it was a uh,
2: it's, well, Terry was the man around Hollywoods at that time, and I remember going to we, we left the game and we went went to his his mum and dad's house, met he met his mum and dad and stuff like that, and then uh, we just we ended up going out to Hollywood, and we I just got talking to this 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 girl the well beautiful girl she was, I must say, and um, she had all the bits in the right place. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> And uh, I think Terry went to get a drink, and when he came, but he said, "My God!" So I "What? Like, what? What? What's God got to do with it?" And you know, it, Terry's eyes had fallen out of his head. I think so. <laughs> that's what, That was the uh, shout on that. But no, what? A, what a great teammate Terry was. I really clicked with Terry as well at the club, and uh,
0: we were we were we were quite tight at, at Orin at the time. He, he gone, He went on to finish the message by saying, "Please send Kevin my best wishes." And thank him for being a great player on the pitch and a brilliant drinking partner off of it. And thank goodness there were no camera phones back then. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I
2: agree with that. There were no camera phones. Look, what we what we tended to do. We I was part of the Arsenal tree where you know if if you if you're off on a Wednesday, you could go and have a drink and and socialise, and and that's what we used to do. So I I really got on with Terry, and I really thank him for that question.
1: you know, it would be nice to speak to him at some stage. We can, we can, uh, we can sort that out for you. Um, Frank Clark. We asked him for a message. He said, "Tell him how much we all appreciated what he did for us during his three months loan, and wish him all the best from me." Oh well fantastic, nice. fantastic manager, fantastic man,
2: and you know, being able to 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 say that he managed me and he took me under his wing at Leyton Orient Football Club. And that made me who I am, to be honest, I've got to say, because having that environment and having that that team with experience to, to lean on really helped my game. And I uh, can't thank Frank and, and everyone at Orient enough, I'll, I'll be honest with you.
0: It really, really means a lot to me, that. Well, it's really nice because we can tell just by this 48-minute conversation about how much those three months, which in in your life it isn't really a great it's period a of time but you yeah. can tell just by the way you're talking about that period of how much affection you still have for the club and as two fans sitting here talking to you it's really nice to hear the amount of love you've got for Leighton Orient in your heart. And I'm gutted that we weren't
1: around to see you, well not around but we weren't watching Orient at that time to to have appreciated what you've done. Yeah you know it's, it's
2: look it's, uh, sometimes it's the timing's off, sometimes but the timing's right at other times and me going to Orient at the time the timing was right and the affection for the club is is, is it's still there it's like it's never left I still always look out for Orient's results and you know Orient's results haven't been great over the past few years but seeing them get promoted was amazing and I, you know I really wish everybody at Orient a fantastic season and can I just say uh um, it was really difficult seeing what happened with Justin Edinburgh mm. who, who I know I knew very well and he's a diamond guy and um, I think that that the club took quite a bit of a knock seeing that happen um, to it but credit to everybody at the club you know they've dusted themselves down they're they're in there fighting this season and uh, you know it's a really difficult time for to everyone at, at Leighton Orient, and, and I, I wish the football
0: club all the very best and, a, and every success in the future. Just talking for about really. Justin Edinburgh, you must have come up against him right a couple of times in that North London derby.
2: Yeah, North London derby, youth teams. We're in the youth team, etc., etc. Cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, I played against Justin when we were schoolboys. So, you know, I, I, we knew each other on and on for, for a good number of years. And to, to see that happen to somebody who you know who was a was a was a fantastic man and and was proving to be a really really good manager, yeah. um, something so so sad to happen like that, being being taken so early, you know, was uh, was tragic. Mm. So you know, it really That's was a
1: great man. We really mm, have,
2: yeah, yeah, definitely,
1: definitely. So just to wrap up then, Kev, like we know that you're sort of being a dad, but, but what else are you up to these days? How do you keep yourself busy? Well, how long you got? Um, <laughs> uh, I,
2: I've been involved with security since for 13 years. That was before I retired. So I'm an ambassador for Taurus Security Group um, now. So I do all the good bits, you know, the winding and dining and and meeting up and, and connecting. Um, I do a lot of that bit now. I'm also part of a humanitarian foundation that looks after as a football initiative in the refugee camps in Iraq and in Africa um, wow. I do that um, also I do I still do punditry um, on football and, and stuff like that I do I mentor certain young individuals footballers um, who are in in the game and who have been released from the game um, just privately, I do that. Um, obviously, my football dad, and I, I, I won't have any any other time other than that. I, I I have my own show, the Kevin Campbell Show on Arsenal Fan TV, which was three three years in the making. Wow. Um, because the timing wasn't right, because there was a lot of um, uncertainty and, and toxic. Uh, atmosphere at Arsenal at the time and I didn't think it would be right to do it then but this season is, it settled down after Emery took over last season and this season was the right season so I do that every fortnight I have a show uh, myself and the uh, lead judges the Kevin Campbell show so I do that and apart from that lads
0: if there was anything else I couldn't do it yeah, there's not I don't have enough time
2: <laughs> brilliant but I do keep myself busy. And I'm also on a, a reg, regular pod called the Hybrid the Squad as well. So let me get that in, the Hybrid Squad. I can't leave the girls out. It started off it started off and heels and then I joined, so it had to be the hybrid Squad because I don't wear heels.
0: Awesome. So we know, obviously, you're based in Manchester, but next time you're in London on a Saturday at 3pm, please come down to Brisbane Road. You can come in the south, stand with us. I can guarantee you, you will be given an absolute Heroes, Very welcome.
1: Fun. Yeah, down at SoundCloud. Well,
2: if I ever have a Saturday free, uh, I'll let
0: you guys know that I'm covered. How's that?
1: That'd be fantastic. We look forward to it. That'd be fantastic.
0: So that is it. That is it. So if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give our podcast a review. If you're listening on Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, or Stitcher, add us to your favourites, and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. You can also now get the on it Outlook podcast on all smart speakers, so your Amazon Echoes or your Google, whatever they are. You can get them right where your speakers are. And also, if you have an older relative or a loved one who you think will like the podcast, grab their phone and download it for them. If you know any Arsenal fans who are listening this evening who might want to listen to this or any Forest fans or Everton fans or West Brom fans, tell them about this episode. It's been an absolute corker. Don't forget (laughs) Trabzon. (laughs) Trabzon's away. Kevin, absolute legend. Thank you so much for giving up your evening, your Wednesday evening um, with us, we couldn't appreciate it anymore um, and like we've said, it's amazing that you still hold Orient in such a high regard, so thank you very much, as like we said, any time you want to come to Brisbane Road, please let us know, and the Absolutely. club would also love to have you, I think
1: everyone, like we've said, speaks so highly of that period and your free loan month's bill at the club. Yeah, it had such a high impact for such a short space of time it's actually quite remarkable hearing in from people like Terry and Kevin and, and listening to you uh, reminisce about that time. So, yeah, I think, I think it was a, a match made uh, you know, in heaven, really, in some regards, because it worked great for you and it works great for us. Um, so it was, a, it, was a, it was a great, great piece of football business. And the fact that George Graham and Frank Clark didn't have to twist your arm too much to get yeah. you in the door was, was an even bigger bonus. Yeah, yeah, I mean it was a
2: it was probably a ten second conversation <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Late on, one
1: yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I'm there. When do I go? It was one of them. Because um, we no, had a lot we, of questions around like how were you persuaded to come to Orion but but you've really sort of nullified that question straight off the bat really. So that's amazing.
2: Yeah, I I think, you know, it's just to just to add to that, I think, you know, any young player who's who's worth their thought wants to go and prove themselves and I think that was Leighton Orient was was the proving ground for me. I think it was really important to be able to to go there and play and and prove myself and as I say, going to the dressing room and having that experience around me and stuff like that, you know, them realising I'm not just a, I'm not a flash kid, you know, I'll I'll, I'll put the work in, I'll, I'll put my body on the line and I know what I'm doing on the pitch, that that also helps. So, you know, it was, again, it was such a fantastic time. It was, the pity it was only three months, but what a three months we had, mm-hmm. you know? That's the way I see it. What a three months we had. And, uh, you know, the, the pleasure is all mine, guys, honestly. Thank you for having me on. And I truly appreciate every you and every single Warrior fan and the football club for, for looking after me so well when, in the, in those three months when I was there.
1: Well thank you very much indeed. Kevin Campbell, everybody, thank you very much. So what's left to say is keep calm,
0: have a great couple of days and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast.